I'm just glad to be here. <laughs> I'm glad for the Parkers. I appreciate my Lord. Brother Jacobs knows where I'm sleeping at and he can relate to the, to the, my Lord. It's just like a retreat. I mean that. I mean, praise God. And my sister Parker just so kind and I mean that. I appreciate. I just, I just love church. I love the people of God. Amen. I'm the only one of my entire family that knows the fullness of truth, and I don't take that lightly. And I thank God for my family. My my dad and mom is gone into eternity four years ago next month. Dad just turned 90, and I thank God for my brother and two sisters. But I, I especially thank the Lord for you, my spiritual brothers and sisters. Amen. Well, praise, and that's the way it ought to be. Amen. Nothing like the church of living God. Hebrews chapter 12, if you have your Bibles, Ezekiel chapter 11, while you're standing, uh, we'll go to the word of the Lord. I um, uh, praise God. My wife sent me a, she messed with me this morning. <laughs> sent me a, a paper or something that was advertising Krispy Kreme donuts were were marked down big time. I mean, there's not even a, the closest Christian cream to our home is 110 miles away. And I told her, go get me two dozen. And then she reminded me, just, oh, Lord, that there's no Krispy Kreme around our home. And I know that. It's like, why you tell me, why you, you know, why you tell me about the advertisement? Praise God. I can't do nothing about it. Whatever. Praise the Lord. It's just women, you know. I need it. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Brother McGinnis, praise the Lord. Brother DeMuth and I have had fun already today. I got him in trouble, I think, but that's his problem, not mine. Praise the Lord. I need to shut up and preach, don't I? I'm meddling. Praise God. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. We don't just take ourselves down. We'll take somebody down with us if we allow that root of bitterness to spring up in us. Mm. Uh, that's, that's true holiness, folks, is keeping it out. Oh, praise the Lord. In Ezekiel chapter 11, Ezekiel chapter 11, verses uh, 19 through 20, God through the prophet says, And I will give them one heart, and will I will put a new spirit within you, and will take the stony heart out of their flesh, and will give them a heart of flesh. That they may walk in my statutes and keep my ordinances and do them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. The Lord's performing a heart transplant on his people. And I I could get away from this message uh, early, early this morning and last night. And I've brought it to you this morning, the subject, surviving your heart transplant. Surviving your heart transplant. I, I want to go to heaven, don't you? That's what it's all about, folks. And. And then secondary to that, not only saving ourselves, but helping somebody else to get there as well. Would you lift your hearts, your voice? Let's ask God to help us today. Lord of heaven, 
I thank you for the privilege to be here today. I thank you for this beautiful building to worship you in today. I thank you for Brother and Sister Parker, their tremendous kindness and these tremendous Wisconsin brothers and sisters that I've come to know and love, Lord God. I thank you for their kindness to me. I pray that you would help us today as we look into the Word of the Lord. That you would help us to receive the word today, God, with meekness and re-anoint us to hear the word and to speak your word without fear or favor, I pray. Help us to leave here not just stirred but changed by your word, I pray today. In Jesus' lovely name, we ask it and thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated. My mom and dad were married in 1953, and my mother tells a story to me many years ago about how Granddaddy Hutchison, they supposed, dropped dead of a heart attack one day. They supposed that. Uh, That was in the early 50s. I just visited his grave this past month. My uncle, when I was 13 years of age, on a quail hunting trip with him and my dad. Uncle was 54 years at that time, and he was walking behind us. We were headed back to the vehicle to go back home. We heard a sound behind us, and my dad and myself turned, and my 54-year-old uncle was face down in the ditch and died, we suppose, of a heart attack. When I was stationed at Fort Bragg in the early 80s, I received a call to get back to Mississippi, where my then 54-year-old dad was about to undergo a triple bypass heart operation. My brother, who was seven years older than me, underwent a double bypass heart operation when he was just 43 years young. My 47-year-old first cousin was found dead, we suppose, of an apparent heart attack. 2001, I was preaching in uh, north of Oklahoma City. My wife and I received a call to get to Mississippi as fast as we could, where my dad in his 70s was about to go undergo a five-bypass heart operation. Heart disease is hereditary, they tell me, and evidently it runs on my dad's side of the family. And the VA doctors, when I went to, when I got into the system in the mid-90s and I went to see them, my cholesterol was running about 300 at the time. And they began to give me some statins to lower that. And it has done its job. And so they keep a check on my situation. I take an aspirin. Matter of fact, I need to take it. I ain't taking a few days, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus' name. <laughs> they tell me that heart disease is hereditary. I don't know, God forbid, if dad would have to undergo anything else, what they would do for him or what they could do for him. There's just so much doctors can do. Thank God for doctors, but there's just so much they can do. And when our organs begin to wear out, there's times that, 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 that we have to get a transplant take place. Amen. And when that person, whoever they may be, and you may know somebody, I know somebody that's had to have organs transplanted into their bodies, and that 
very life that organ is trying to save, that body can turn on that organ and begin to destroy it. And that person has no option. They are, they're mandatory. They have to take what's called anti-rejection medication for the rest of their life if they have any hope of surviving that transplant that's trying to save their lives. Praise God. Spiritually speaking, this afternoon, there was just so much the blood of bulls and goats to do. God had to make himself a body, come down to this earth, walk it for three and a half years and die in an old rugged cross, uh, praise God, so so that you and I could have life. Uh, and when we are born again of the water and the Spirit, or when somebody begins to make their way into the kingdom of God, uh, there are anti-rejection pills, uh, if you please, in the Holy Ghost, in the Spirit world that we are going to have to take. Let's just Cut to the chase. Yeah, we're going to have to take them. Praise God. And everything I'll talk about this afternoon is not all conclusive. There are things that we can add to this message. Praise God. But I just want to hit some of the, some of the big ones that you and I are going to have to learn to take because there's, there are forces out there that are going to try to abolish and abort everything God wants to do in our lives. One of those forces is found in 1 Peter 5 and 8 uh, where the Bible says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil uh, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. So the devil uh, is one of those forces that we're going to have to reckon with. Uh, another force is found in 1 John 2 15 uh, where the Bible says, Love not the world, uh, neither the things that are in the world. Uh, any man love the world, uh, the love of the Father is not in Him. And so the world and its pull is a force that we're going to have to reckon with. And then last but not least, Romans 7, 18, the worst of all, Paul says, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. And then in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16, through 17, uh, the Apostle Paul says, uh, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, uh, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, for the flesh uh, lusteth against the Spirit, uh, and the Spirit against the flesh. Uh, and these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things uh, that he would. So the devil, the world, and the flesh are the three things that try to come against us and do come against us to abort, to abolish that heart transplant that we've been given when we've been born again of the water and of the Spirit. Somebody made the statement, and it's true to an extent, that the devil became the devil when he quit worshiping God. I'll agree with that. But the reason he quit worshiping God was because he quit submitting to God. And the first pill that you and I are going to have to learn to swallow, and it may be the biggest one of them all. Amen. I've got to learn to swallow the pill of submission if I'm going to survive my heart transplant from God. Hebrews 12, 7, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls 
as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Every problem in our lives begins when we quit submitting to authority, whether it's the man of God, whether the Sunday school teacher, the boss on the job. We're going to have to submit to somebody, amen, if we're going to make heaven our home, amen. We want to submit to, amen, we want to resist the devil, amen, and then we wonder why we got problems. James 4, 7 through 8, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he'll not draw nigh to you. If I'm going to resist the devil, I've got to first submit to God. That's where the power comes from. Ask Holy Ghost. Powerful in our lives, uh, that our submission level to the Lord, uh, we've got to submit. Uh, we've got to swallow the pill of submission uh, if we're going to survive uh, a heart transplant. Amen. Amen. Submission. Another pill we got to get a hold of. Jeremiah 10:23. I didn't give you these, Sister Parker, because I'm going to cover a lot of ground today. But we'll get through. I'm hungry. Praise God. I'm conscious of that. Jeremiah ten twenty three. O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Then Jesus said in Matthew 10, 16, 24, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. We gotta get in the habit of praying. Not my will, but thy will be done. I gotta follow, follow the pill of saying, uh, not my will, Lord, uh, but thy will be done. Uh, I've gotta die to self. Uh, I gotta die to my will. Uh, amen. If I'm gonna survive uh, my heart transplant, uh, I gotta get self out of the way. Uh, and when we get self out of the way, uh, that's when we tell that devil, get behind me. Uh, that's when we tell this world, uh, just give me Jesus. Uh, I gotta make heaven my home. Uh, I've gotta survive uh, my heart transplant. Praise. God. It's amazing to me how we want God to be there for us. <laughs> yeah. We want God to be right on time for us. But how about us on time for God? <laughs> I got to swallow the pill. David said, I was glad uh, when it is said unto me, uh, let us go into the house of the Lord. Uh, amen. And Jesus is coming back. Uh, we're going to hear him say uh, when we stand before him, uh, well done thou good. Uh, not just good, uh, but well done thou good uh, and faithful servant. Uh, I got to swallow the pill uh, of faithfulness, praise God. Uh, faithfulness to the man of God. Uh, faithfulness to the house of God. Uh, faithfulness to the Word of God, if I'm going to survive my heart transplant, if I want God to be there for me, i got to be there for Him. i got to be faithful, praise God. Oh, help me to be faithful, Lord, so I can survive my heart transplant. Well, praise God. I'll stand here and tell you this morning or this afternoon, but like a lot of preachers, I have an opinion about everything. <laughs> I mean, we do get paid to talk. Praise God. 
Well, pastors always well, 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 evangelists get paid at all. Praise God, pastors, they don't have to preach. And if you're faithful your tithe, he still gets paid. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I sat on a pew like you do. I did this past Sunday on purpose. I, I called one man to try to preach somewhere, and I knew he's booked, but, and he was. And so, huh, I just wanted to be at home, like I've told you the other day. I remember a few years ago when we was going to a particular church. The brother, he, you know, is his first pastorate and whatever, and he's doing a good job. And but I just, I just wasn't agreeing with stuff that was going on. He wasn't sinning. He wasn't preaching false doctrine. I just had a different opinion about the way he was doing things or not doing things. And, 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 and my little wife would say, just, just let it go, you know, and, and, and that's easier said than done. And, and it just began to eat on me. Praise God. It would just, you know, and this went on for quite a time. It went on for a long time. I, and, and, and finally the Lord broke through and said, listen, he said, you don't have to answer for him. Oh, it's quiet right now. He said, but you got to answer for you and your attitude. And I had to learn to agree to disagree, if only for the sake of unity. Oh, oh Lord, have mercy. Because, see, our attitudes, and I'll, I'll talk about that later maybe, but our, our attitudes can permeate the atmosphere for the negative, praise God. Our, our, our attitudes can cause people, uh, amen, our disunity can keep people uh, from coming through those doors uh, and receiving their salvation. Uh, and so I had to learn, uh, I had to swallow the pill of unity, praise God. Uh, that pastor and myself are good friends to this day. Uh, I love him. Uh, we love him. We, we get, we get, we're friends, praise God. Uh, we're neighbors, if you please. Uh, literally, I live a mile from him, uh, and we're good friends. Uh, but I had to learn, uh, amen, uh, i got to get a hold of unity, praise God, uh, because I don't want to be held accountable uh, for disunity uh, in my spirit, uh, amen, uh, causing somebody uh, not to be born again uh, of the water and of the spirit. Uh, i got to swallow the pill of unity, praise God. Because the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 and 9, 2 are better than 1. Because they have a good reward for their labor. I need my brother. I need my sister. But if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him that is low when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. I've got to swallow the peel of unity. Psalm 133, 1 through 3. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Praise God. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard. Even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion for there Listen to me. I know there could be talking about Zion, but I think there could be talking about unity. Praise God. For there, where? Unity. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. God, help me. Help me to have unity. Help me to just, help me to get along with my brother and my sister. Help me to learn to agree to disagree. Hallelujah. If they're not in sin, if they're not preaching false doctrine, help me, God, to be in unity with the kingdom. Kingdom of God. Oh, let's lift our hands and love the Lord. Oh, God, I've got to survive my heart transplant. 
Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I hope I'm helping somebody. John 17, 17, Jesus says, Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth. The word sanctify means to purify, make holy. James 1, 21 says, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive in meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. That word engrafted means to join or fasten. Implanted means, implanted means to set in firmly, to fix in the mind, to insert surgically. His birthday is today. I didn't know it till I seen it on Facebook. One of my very close confidants, a mentor almost to me, that I shared heavy things with, that was there, Brother Jacobs, when I was on the low long. Hello. He went to be with the Lord this past fall, this past winter. He turned 50 and he would have been 59 today. I remember we went out fishing one night. The things you have to do in an evangelist, it's just rough sometimes. <laughs> and I was, I was dealing with a, with a tough situation in my life and I was, I was being forced to make a decision I didn't want to make. I was being forced to go a direction I didn't want to go. He knew it because, I mean, it was, it, it, we were, it, it, it was a, it was a tough situation and I, and I had to have witnesses. Hello, and he, he knew the story. And, and, and he, he was, he was, he was unbiased. Thank God for that. And I received a phone call that particular night. I happened to be driving the truck and, and, and I told him what the phone tale, what the phone conversation in, entailed. And, uh, and he, he, he made a statement to me. Because you see, I had been dealing with this for months and, and my, and, and, and I was already, I, I was already geared to go a particular direction. And, uh, and, 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 and so, but, but because of this phone call, and because I told him what it entailed, because he needed to know, he told me, he said, he said, brother, you may have to work this out, if only for the sake of eternity. When he said that, this is exactly what I said. I don't like that. <laughs> but what he said was truth. More to truth than Acts 2.38. More to truth than John 3 and 5. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. See what was happening right there. Those words of truth were hidden that inner man. They were hidden that ill will. Hello, somebody. Oh, yeah. We want to be saved. But we want to hear, do we want to hear what we need to hear? Not what we want to hear. See, that flesh is the enemy of truth. I didn't want to hear it. That's exactly what I told him. I don't like that. But I knew what he said was what I needed to hear. 
And it began to work on me. Hebrews 4 and 12. Uh, for the word of God is quick uh, and powerful. Uh, and sharper than it into a sword. Uh, piercing even the dividing asunder soul and spirit. Uh, and of the joints and marrow. And it's a discernible thoughts and intents of the heart. Uh, if we're going to make heaven our home. Uh, we got to submit to the word of God. Uh, not what we want to hear. Uh, but what we need to hear. Uh, and if you receive a meekness that ain't got the word. It'll cut out that sin. It'll cut out that negativism. It'll cut out that hatred. But it won't do you and me any good if we don't go back to that field of submission. Praise God. And say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. I've got to survive a heart transplant. So help me to get rid of this hatred. Help me to get rid of this ill will. Help me to get rid of my stinking thinking. Help me not to lean on all of my flesh. But to lean on you because I've got to survive my heart transport. <laughs> oh, let's love the Lord right now. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. I hope I'm helping somebody today. Hey, you better get a hold of a friend and tell you what you need to hear at times, not what you want to hear. Truth. More to truth than our pet scriptures. <laughs> Amen. Hello. Well, praise God. Yeah. More to truth than what we think truth is. I gotta love all the truth. Not just what I want to hear. I, I, I think this might be good to put him right here. We talked about this just a little bit. You know, don't, don't get nervous, brother Jacob. Praise God. But every now and then we, We'll say something totally ain't true as preachers. We say, we'll, we'll tell people God won't come against your will. That's not totally true. Huh. He told me to John 8 and 32. Don't misquote it now. It says set in another verse, but right here it says you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Makes forceful. I'd like, I'd like to, I'd like to get a, a side by side to go deer hunting, you know, praise God, but they call about $10,000, but, but I could make you buy it. You don't want to, but I could make you maybe with, you know. Jesus said, it's people that don't want to be saved. I don't make you do anything. But if you ever say, God saved me, you gave him permission to take a spiritual two-by-four and crack you upside your head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so when truth comes and you, you and I want to rebel against it, well, do you want to be saved? If you want to be saved, you're going to have to submit to all the truth. I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not one of those people. I understand and know that everything in a message is not going to fit me verbatim. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you what. Every time I go to the house of God, like you're at right now, there's something in that service that's going to help me. There's something in that message I'm going to need. Praise God. In other words, I don't want to be the one with the proverbial snow shovel and shovel it back on somebody else. God, if it's for me, I want it. I've got to be saved. I've got to survive my heart transplant. I get in church to go to heaven. I got in church to escape hell. Somebody said, that's not good enough. I beg to differ with you. You're either going to hell or you're going to heaven. I don't know about you, but I want to go to heaven. That's why I'm still in church. That's why I preach like I preach. That's why I live like I live. I want to go to heaven. And I got to survive my heart transplant. 
Well, praise God. Amen. How many times have you come to the house of God? I'm trying to go on, but how many times have you come to the house of God and you said, I'm not going to worship? God said, yes, you will. How many times has somebody wronged you and you said, I'm not going to forgive them? God said, yes, you will. Yeah. Oh, praise God. See, you want to be saved, he'll come against your will. It's when you don't want to be saved, he won't bother you no more. I don't want him, I don't want him to stop bothering me. So, so I thank God. I thank God for my brother that told me the truth that night. That started turning my mind around for the good. And it all got worked out. Hello, somebody. Praise God. Praise God. As, as you, as most of you heard last night, I just, I just hit the 57. Oh, praise God. And, I, and I'm challenged here lately. <laughs> Jesus' name. You know, I, I, I hope that I live to be old. I hope that the Lord tarries that I live to be old. I, I just like living. I like deer hunting. I like fishing. Praise God. I just like life. Praise the Lord. Let me get this because, you know, my, my short-term memory ain't too good no more. So, I'm, I, I hope the older I get, and I'm challenged, I'll be honest with you. I talked to a man not long ago. I said, you know, the things I used to have patience for, I don't have no patience no more. But then the things that, that I used to have patience for, I have patience for. Now, he said, that has to do with age. <laughs> so it kind of made me feel good, praise God. But what I'm saying is this, I don't want to grow old and be a cranky old man. You know, my wife talked about them Krispy Kremes. I, don't, I, I, I like them little old plain Jane things, but I want the cream-filled dudes. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, oh, that's, uh, let me ask you this. What are you seeing when you look at that plain Jane? Are you seeing the hole or are you seeing the donut around the hole? Well, I'm, I'm seeing that hole with cream filling in it. Praise God. I need, mm, mm, Lord have mercy. <laughs> what are you saying, preacher? God help me. You know, hear me. Your attitude still determines your altitude. No matter what your age is. Matter of fact, my same buddy, that same buddy that told me truth that night, I asked him that when he pastored the church he pastored at the time, and and uh, they were mostly retirees and 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 on up there. And thank God for you retirees. Thank God for you that are that are you know, on up there in years. I I hope I get there one day. And but I asked him. I said, "What's the challenge of pastoring the type church you pastor?" And it take him long to answer me. He said that they not get better. Whoa. Lord, I thought about that. I was in my late 40s then. I said, you know, you ain't got to be 75 to get bitter. Right. You can get bitter as a 25-year-old. Right. As a 57-year-old, you can get bitter. What are you saying, preacher? God, help me to swallow the peel of a right attitude and a right spirit. David said in Psalm 51.10, Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And while I at it, God, help me to take the low road. It ain't the easiest road, but I've come to find out it's the best road. I've come to find out if I let God fight my battles, He'll work it all out. In the meantime, it's easier said than done, though. Help me to keep my mouth shut when I need to keep it shut. 
shut. Help me to smile when I don't want to smile. Help me, God, to have a right attitude and a right spirit. While I'm at it, Lord, help me to tap into swallowing the pill of being a joy maker and a peace speaker. And help me to swallow a pill of showing mercy because one day I'm going to need mercy. And if I ain't showed mercy, it ain't going to be there when I need it. Praise God. Help me to swallow the pills that I need to swallow so I can survive my heart transplant. And then, Sister Parker, you alluded to some of this scripture just a little bit a while ago. I'm challenged. I'm challenged to Ephesians 4, 29 through 32. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. That which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you're sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Help me to swallow the peel of a right attitude and a right spirit. <laughs> I've got to survive my heart transplant. <laughs> Praise God. Blessed are the merciful. Help me to get a hold of it, God. They shall obtain mercy. Sometime back, my sister Parker met my wife. She's, she's laid back. She's real quiet, soft-spoken most of the time. <laughs> she gets, she, 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 she raises her voice when she wants a pair of shoes. She only asked permission to get them. She just goes, get them, praise God. But that's all good. It's a Wednesday night, some few years ago. <laughs> you know, I'm still a work in progress, so just pray for me. Half of y'all probably already have glorified, you know. You, you got, you got, you got a set of angels wings probably already in your closet at home. Praise God. You're ready to go. But I'm still a work in progress, Brother Jacobs. We got in some intense fellowship that one Wednesday afternoon. That's some intense fellowship. And, uh, <laughs> it's Wednesday night, so it's church night. And, uh, we go to church and, I don't want to sit by her. But at that particular time, it's small number of people like there is here today. And thank God for you here. It's all right. So I knew if I didn't sit by her, somebody would know something was up, you know. She's a praise singer. She goes up on the platform. She starts praising. She starts worshiping God. That makes me mad because she's acting like nothing going on. Now, you know, I was raised in a powerful church. I was raised in a power. I was blessed. And all, now all of a sudden, I'm a preacher too. Now, you understand, I'm a preacher. I'm a licensed preacher. I'm sitting on the pew, just like this. Mad. I'm upset. I'm angry. Oh, she's up acting like nothing going on. Make me madder. Praise God. All of a sudden, <laughs> had to have been the Lord. Couldn't be the devil. Say, hey! Ain't God's fault you had an argument. 
And you're just doing exactly what the devil wants you to do. Nothing. So like, and, 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 I, and, I, and I knew this, you know. I know, we know this. It's like, wow, you know, that's right. So I just begin to get a hand half mass, and I thought, thank you, Lord. And I started feeling a little better, you know, like I knew I would, you know, praise God, you know. You know, our flesh, see, see, our flesh just takes over sometimes because we let it. And I just got them on up in the air, and as soon as I got them on up fully, I felt that anger and junk lift from me. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to include this. Let me, let me get my, I'm going to Psalm 149 here. Well, before I go there, I'm going to Psalm 34. But listen, oh, Jesus. Help me, God. No matter how I'm feeling. See, I don't have this in my notes, but the Bible talks about a sacrifice of praise. How does sacrifice become the sacrifice? He had to die. Oh, oh yeah. We come through them double doors or where we come through. Amen. And we weigh down. With worries, circumstances, anger, depression. The list goes on and on. And we just set out on God. Hello? That's why we got to die to self. That's why we got to get self out of the way. Because it ain't about me. He's worthy whether I feel like worshiping him or not. But for me to worship him, I got to die to self. And say, I got to swallow the pill of worship and praising and blessing. Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. In the good, in the bad. But I don't feel like it. But I do feel like it. I will bless the Lord at all times. It's Praise shall continue to be in my mouth. Psalm 134, 2 and 3. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth. Bless the Adam sign. If we'll worship, he'll bless. He'll disrepair our enemies. Amen. But we got to swallow the pill of worship and praise. Down out the self-will. Well, praise God. Psalm 149 here. We, we forget about these scriptures. We forget how powerful our praise is. Psalm 149, 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. And a two-edged sword in their hand. Why? To execute vengeance upon the people. Upon the heathen. And punish us upon the people. To bind their kings with chains. And their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints Praise ye the Lord. Amen. Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20. Amen. The Lord through his praise and worship discomfited at least three armies of the enemies of God because Jehoshaphat, even though he feared, he set. S-E-T. He set himself. Praise God and worship the Lord. I'm telling you, I'm reminding us today. I remember doing them stupid things. We had to do sometimes. In the military, I get so mad I could bite a nail in two. But I begin to worship God. Amen. Somebody says I feel like cussing. That's the best time to praise God. That's the best time to worship God because you can survive your heart transplant when you worship. When you don't feel like it, praise God. Oh, let's do that right now before I hasten. Before I move on. Oh God, I worship you. I praise you, mighty God. <laughs> I gotta survive my heart transplants. Yeah. So I gotta worship when I don't feel like it. I gotta praise Him when I'm going through it. 
I gotta bless whether I feel like it or not. Because if I will, He will. And I can survive. You can, I'm telling you, you can still worship your way out of anything. You can pray. It may not take it away from you, but it'll help you go through it. It may not take the storm away, but it'll help you to walk through the storm. Because see, we forget Psalm 22, 3, God inhabits the praises of His people. He builds a house and you're worshiping your praise. You're gonna going through junk. He's not gonna let that junk stay around. He's gonna boot it out if you have the audacity and the wherewithal to worship Him whether you feel like it or not. Praise God. I gotta survive. My heart transplanted. When I was in the world, I was positive for things that didn't amount to a hill of beans. I was negative for things that really counted for life. So when I got saved 35 and a half years ago and I got converted, I began to see God do tremendous things. Faith hit me. Praise God. I don't like negativism, maybe because I was so negative when I was in the world. I like positive people. I don't like negativism because negativism opens up the door to every other kind of demon in hell there is. Well, praise God. You know, uh, uh, it ain't happened in a long time, so don't, I hope it don't happen here. Praise God. But, but if it does, here's what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, Lord. You know, you can have one of the most powerful services you can have. And somebody is always going to be negative after the fact, maybe. I've had people begin to tell me junk. I mean, you just come off a of cloud nine, Brother Jacobs. And here, hey. And that negativism just, mm, just tries to begin to infiltrate that faith. But here's what I'm doing. I'm looking you in the eyes. I'm hearing you. Or I am listening to you. Because I'm deer hunting somewhere. I'm bass fishing somewhere. I'm being nice. In other words, I don't want to be brought down faith. I want to, I want to keep faith. I want to believe God for the supernatural. My God. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, what? What's it? Faith. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. Verse 6, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder than that diligently seek him. Praise God. We've got to have faith, and we've got faith. Romans 12, 3, the last statement of Romans 12, 3 said, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That word measure in the Greek dictionary means the do fit amount. You've got what you need inside of you to get the job done. We quench the fiery darts of Satan with the shield of faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's why we gotta swallow the field of faith uh, and believe God. You gotta see it through the eyes of faith. Uh, you gotta see backsliders coming in. Uh, you gotta see lost people coming in and receiving the Holy Ghost. Uh, hello, somebody. Come on, LaCosse. Uh, if God can do it elsewhere, He can do it here. Uh, I rebuke negativism. Uh, I rebuke doubt and fear. Uh, I lose faith in this house. Uh, I lose faith. I lose supernatural faith in this place right now. He cut all you all out of I'm telling you, if God can do it elsewhere, He can do it here. Oh! Faith, faith, faith. Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, 
and say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Faith. Help me to swallow the pill of faith. Praise God. I'm not going to be much longer. But i got to survive a heart transplant. I don't like negativism. I don't like it. I don't like doubt. I want to be positive. Praise God. Jesus said in Luke 17, 1, He said, It is impossible that the offenses will come. He said, But warn to him to whom they come. He said, They're coming. I ain't talking about somebody don't shake your hand. Don't speak to you. I know that can ruffle our feathers sometimes, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about some major stuff. I'm talking about some loud. I don't like liars. I don't like a liar. I don't like a smart aleck. I don't like a place to I'm talking about people that, I'm talking about offenses that can cause you to lose your soul. I'm talking about bad stuff. I, I, I know what it's like, to, you know, and, and it's true. Nobody can hurt you like your brother or your sister can hurt you. That's true. So I'm talking about major stuff. Jesus said they're coming. That those offenses are coming. I, I, I know what it's like to want to get back at people since I've been in church. I know what it's like to be done wrong terribly. Trust me, I do. Trust me. But I go into the detail. Trust me, I know what it's like. I should have been a cashier of hell many years ago because of offenses and what have you. Amen. What you do, preacher? I'll tell you what I had to do. And I've said this to many people. Always gets quiet right here. You know, there's some people that are so self-righteous, they don't think you, they do you any harm. Praise the Lord. There's some people that got a book for them, but they got a different book for you. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, oh, it's quiet right now. <laughs> what, what, what I got to do when people wrongly, preacher? I'll tell you what you have to do. You got to swallow that pill of forgiveness. It don't set them free. It sets you free. Because the more you hang on to that unforgiveness, that root of bitterness is going to take hold on you. And you're going to contaminate every environment you come in contact with. It will spill out subconsciously and even consciously sometimes. Oh, Jesus. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 14, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Unforgiveness, I reiterate, is what causes a root of bitterness. It's like a poison. It's like an acid. But forgiveness is the fragrance that the crushed rose throws back up on the heel that crushed it. Can I get this little plane with you? Can I bring it to the 21st century? Yeah. I had a meeting set up with my fixing superintendent one time. 
I called Brother Adams about it. Told him what was, what was said to me. I wrote it down. It's about ten major statements this man made in front of my family about me. He turned them against me. I set up a meeting. So Brother Adams said, you need to go to the board. I called my secretary, my district secretary, and told him what had transpired. And I read what the man said because I wrote it down. I hung up on him once. He called me back, what have you. Said this about me in front of my family. I'd like to destroy my marriage. So I set up a meeting. Oh, it's quiet right now. I set up a meeting. I set up a meeting with the district superintendent to file charges and what have you. I said, you need to come. And then, why is that because of the times? The meeting was set up the following Monday. There wasn't no particular message that I'd heard that was dealing with me, but the Lord just spoke to me and said, you can go to the district superintendent. In other words, that's okay. Or, God just let it go. You know, little just old Mark say, or he said, let me hang there. You know, just you can go if you want to. And he just paused there, or you can die to it. <laughs> Praise God! And I did. I called the superintendent's secretary. I said. So-and-so, I'm canceling my meeting. Are you sure? Yes, I'm canceling my meeting. I don't need to sit down and talk no more. I mean, I had visions of what I was going to do to this person. I, I thought, I thought, hell, oh, it's quiet right now. I'm talking about when somebody wrongs you, when somebody almost destroys your soul. Oh, it's quiet right now. And some of you have been done wrong, too. But I had to let it go. Because if I didn't, I would take that attitude to every church I'd go to and I would impregnate people subconsciously with my bitterness and my anger. Praise God. That man, that man never apologized to me. He's never apologized. We're friends today. Will I ever take counsel from him? No. Will I ever trust him no more? No. But I shake his hand. I forgave him. He didn't ask my forgiveness. It didn't set him free. It set me free. Hello. That's what I'm preaching about this afternoon. Amen. I ain't talking about somebody don't shake your hand. I'm talking about major stuff. How you going to get rid of it, preacher? If Jesus can forgive, who am I? I've got to forgive if I'm going to make heaven my home. I don't make it easy, but I still got to do it. Because one day, I'm going to need forgiveness. And if I haven't given forgiveness, I can't get forgiveness when I need it. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord. I'm almost finished. He cut out the yonder, the yonder, Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I've got to forgive. I spoke. I'm, I'm fixing. I'm hastening on. I'm, I'm almost done. I got one more pill to talk about. I spoke to him. I helped, I helped my, my wife's aunt receive the Holy Ghost a few years ago. She just went out to eternity. And I think, I'm praying she made it still. But that morning, that morning I couldn't, I was at the local church. And Aunt Nadine come to the altar, come to, but she come to the front. She didn't go to the altar, but 
She always stayed in the pew, but this time she came up front. That was a miracle. And I spoke a statement to her here. And, and she received what I said finally. That's the first time I ever spoke to her. And, I, and I'm sure my wife and, and brother always have spoke to her and Nadine several times. She prayed back through that morning. I said, what's so special about that, preacher? She had been backslid for over 40 years. And here's what she couldn't get with. She, here's what she had problem with. I, I can't seem to forgive myself for what I done to others when I was out of church. Folks, you gotta forgive yourself. Now, not only do you have to forgive your brothers and sisters, you gotta forgive yourself. Praise God. <laughs> oh, praise. I remember one time when I messed up, you know, I couldn't feel God for three days. I asked God to forgive me. And then, you know, there's more to pray than just talking. On the third day, on the third day, I finally showed up and the Lord said, Hey, I heard you the first time you asked me. He said, I don't forgive you. You've got to forgive yourself. <laughs> oh God, I gotta survive my heart transplant. And then and then so 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 this this person I'm talking about that that I was taking to the district board. <laughs> oh Lord Jesus. <laughs> there, there was a banquet coming up and, and I was going to the banquet and I knew he was going to be there and, and the Holy Ghost told me what was going to happen. And it happened just like the Lord said it was going to happen. Amazing how the Lord knows these things. Huh? And sure enough, it happened just like the Lord said it was going to happen. I got in there and I sat down at the table. I was popping peanuts, minding my own business. And this man comes over to me and I don't, I don't give him the time of day. I'm just sitting there minding my business. He says, hey, he talks to a few good people at my table and goes and leaves. And we, the banquet closes and, and who's at the door but, 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 but him. And, and I can't get around. He stopped me. He said, look, I want to be your friend. I'm thinking, my God. You know, friends like you, I don't need enemies. You know, that's what I'm thinking, you know. And he makes a statement to me, and I said, fair enough, whatever. I get out of there, and I call my buddy. The one whose birthday's today, my buddy, that, that, that told me, you, you, you gotta work it out. That told me the truth. I called him. I said, hey, that's a nuts and nuts and nuts. I said, is it me? Or oh, this man got a devil. Cause he just, I told him what happened. I said, is it me? Or is this just dude ate up? Because I just got so angry when I was around. My buddy, you know, he laughed at me. You hear what he said, Brother Demuth? He said, could be both. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I'm saying all that to say this. We say we can, we say we forgive. But then, when we're confronted and have to face that person, and it leads me to my last point. I'm over it now. <laughs> Praise God. I, I just helped him at his church not long ago. Praise the Lord. Hello, somebody. I just helped him remodel some of his church. So, praise God. Whatever. Help me, God, when I forgive. Help me to swallow the pill of forgetting about it. To lose it out of my mind so it won't affect me anymore for the negative. I can shake his hand today and hold a conversation with him and be his friend because I've got to go to heaven. Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.13, rather than I count not myself to apprehend it. 
Forgetting those things which are behind. The good? No, the junk. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth under those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God, which is in Christ Jesus. I've got to survive my heart transplant. So God, when somebody offends me, help me to forgive them. Help me to forget about it. Amen. To the best. Oh God, help me. Help me. Let's lift our hands and love the Lord. I'm fixing the clothes in a moment. Help me to swallow the pill of forgetting. Help me to swallow the pill of giving it to the Lord. You don't think we affect one another? First Samuel 31, 6. So Saul died and his three sons and his armor bearers. All his men that same day together. When the men of Israel saw that were, when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley, and they that were on the other side of Jordan saw that the men of Israel fled and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled. Philistines came and dwelt in them. You don't think we affect one another? First Kings chapter 11 verse 1. But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, Ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they shall turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as with the heart of David his father. You don't think we affect one another? Ask Ananias and Sapphira. How is it? Peter said that both of you had conspired to lie up to the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Would you stand this afternoon? Paul to the church of Galatia, my last scripture. Chapter 5, verse 7. He said, you did run well. But who did hinder you? But you shall not obey the truth. How did the who get in there? They let the who get in there. Praise God. There's not nothing that has not come against any of us in here right now. I know some of it may be a little more severe for some of us than others. But every one of us, from time to time, face almost the exact same situations. What's the difference between somebody that makes it and somebody don't? The one that made it, in spite of the failures, put their failures under the blood, repented, forgave, got up, did what they knew to do. Hello, somebody. Because that devil, that brother, that sister... That world can't take you down unless you let them take you down. And you and I, can so we, 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 we've been given every bit of medicine we need. <laughs> My God have mercy. It's already been provided. Praise God. I just called the VA yesterday and placed an order for a refill. Of the medicine I'm taking. Praise God. We got a pharmacy in this place today called an altar. Oh, Jesus. This altar ain't just for sinners. 
It's for people like me and you that want to make heaven our home. And so I'm going to open this altar right now. Somebody wants to come saying, maybe, Lord, my forgiveness level is getting slack. My submission level is not what it used to be. Lord, I'm having a problem with my attitude. This altar is open. It's spiritual pharmacy. All you got to do is say, Lord, I'm getting low on this. I'm getting low on that. I need some more strength. I need some more grace. I need some more mercy, God. So I can give mercy, God. I need some more strength. Who wants to come to this altar on this beautiful Saturday afternoon and say, God, I want to survive my heart transplant. I don't want to make it this far and come up short. And hear you say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. But I want to hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So, Lord, with that in mind, help me to survive my heart's transplant. Help me not to just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer of the word as well. Help me to submit to you, Lord. Help me to forgive. Help me to die to my will. Help me to worship when I don't feel like it. Help me to love all the truth, not what I want to hear, but I need to hear. Help me to be in unity with my brothers and my sisters, with my man of God. Help me, God. Amen, Lord Jesus, to be a mercy, to be a peacemaker. Help me to have faith. Help me to forgive. Help me to shut the door on the negativism and the junk of life, God. Sing it, little sister, whatever you feel right now. Oh, God, help me, Jesus.